Hey everybody, it's me, Jay Caps. I'm the host of this podcast, The World According to Jay Caps, and today's the 26th episode. I know that because I was thinking that last week was the 25th episode, and I just guessed it because I hadn't really been keeping track. And then when I went to upload it, it turned out that it was the 25th episode, which means that this episode is the 26th episode. And I, I went to check the analytics of the show, which is something that I don't often do. And it turns out that, like, it's true that, like, six or seven people actually listen to the show. So it was a huge relief to me to know that nothing that I do on this show matters. All right, cool. Thanks so much for joining. Uh, we're going to get right into the, um, the suggestions, which I put up on Instagram. I put up a thing that said, hey, give me some, some suggestions, and people did respond to that, and, and I was happy. And so let's jump into it. The first suggestion is from, um, I think it's from, what's, uh, what's this person? Sheila the Tuba. Let's give a shout out to Sheila the Tuba with an applause button. Hell yeah. Sheila the Tuba, big friend of the show, and asks, am I a D&D person? No, not a D&D person. But, you know, let's see, how did I get there? So, years ago, when I was a high school student, um... It was a long, long, long time ago. It was like back in the it was back in the late '90s when I was a high school student, and uh, for whatever reason, the, the there were my high school was pretty out of touch, so out of touch that the that the actually maybe actually hold on a second. Let me just stop this for a second. I just realized something. Um, I went to a high school and we didn't have like people who were into punk music. Like that was something that like never hit our school. But we had people that were into like hippie shit, like Fish. Does anybody know of the jam band Fish? And also the band uh The Grateful Dead, who at the time the guy had died from The Grateful Dead, so it was like still but it was still popular. But in any case, um, I don't know why I equated like punk with, um, uh, being, um, uh, well, main, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking of, but in any case, I, I thought that like, because our school didn't have punk, then we, that we were out of touch, but that's possible. But also punk in itself is supposed to be something that's sort of not popular, but then when it gets popular in underground society or like even like alternative society then it has like a very mainstream feel to it anyway i didn't re realize that i would get this close to the uh um indie mainstream binary and i'm sorry let me keep track of what i was supposed to talk about which was D and D. so anyway there were these kids who i who i knew who were like uh the stoners kind of and they played D and D. They weren't really stoner stoners. They were like just alternative type kids who had played D&D, &D, but also 
you know, got drunk and high once in a while and um, were like, da- like into the alternative music of the day. So they were cool kids, but they also played D&D, which when I was like 14 years old, I didn't know if it was lame or cool because I was like only 14 and I was like a little twerp. Um, so the problem was is that they were real uh, snobs about it. They were like, nah, nah, you're not, you're not with... So what happened was they invited me to play D&D and I in- immediately made a joke of their whole stupid shit. I was like, this is stupid. What the fuck are you guys doing? Because it immediately seemed... Um, it, it seemed like the lamest shit ever to me as a 14-year-old. Um, but these these cool kids w- were into it, and they were like almost sensitive about it. Um, like, hey, this is our thing. So I came and tried to play, and then um, I got I got kicked out of the group of the D and D group. And I was like, I'm glad. I don't want to fucking play play that shit. Like, hang around for six hours and roll a bunch of dice and like pretend that there's like owl bears. Like, what the fuck is that? Um, I'm much more interested in going into the creek and smoking weed and getting someone at 7-Eleven to buy us alcohol. That seemed like a better use of my time, Um, which they also would do as well, but they would also play a lot of D&D. So that was like my first um, ever, that was my first ever knowing people who played D&D. So I wasn't sure what to make of it until many, many years later when... I was in a band and I would play shows around all around Long Island and meet all types of like other like late teen to college age people. And then I met like bona fide D&D nerds who were not like, I don't know, alternative culture, culturally cool necessarily. Um, They were like more like you're straight up you know like dorks which is cool i mean it's cool to be whatever you are like now that i'm a grown up i realize that all teenagers are dorks whether or not they're cool or dorks anyway this this is i don't know that i don't know that this is going in a in a great direction um as far as a uh, uh, a story but suffice to say, I'm not a D&D person. But the second time I met those D&D people that were dorks, I was like, you know what? I think looking back at the first group, I think the first group were cooler because they didn't take it as ser- They took it seriously, kicking my ass out of the group because I wasn't taking it seriously and making fun of them. But the second group, I was like, you guys take it seriously but you're not as fun as the anyway I don't know where I'm going with that anyway th- Sheila Fleming um, I assume that you're a D&D person and you're cool um, I was uh, being a snob in both accounts back in this uh, in this recalling the D&D story but anyways um, you know I think that D&D seems like a fun pastime for people now, nowadays, listen, whatever you want to do, like, have fun, you know? I mean, I'm going to still make fun of it. I think that's, like, 
that that's like um what happens. Like if it's D&D, I'm probably going to make fun of it. And why? Why am I going to make fun of it? Shouldn't I think it's cool now that Game of Thrones was such a good show and Game of Thrones is based on D&D? So what what happened? Do I think D&D is cool or not? Well, the thing is, I think I have mellowed in my old age and I no longer um, base things on a cool, not cool rubric. I think that I've lightened up a little bit. But would I play D&D? Hell no. I would never want to spend the time playing D&D. I also don't play video games. Mostly, I just have too much shit to do and don't have like hours upon hours of leisure time to waste, um, you know, with, uh, with... With D&D, you know, making up like, you know, especially like now, especially with Game of Thrones. After Game of Thrones, like, what are you going to make a D&D of? Like, it, they did it the best. That was the best. That was the best D&D campaign you could think of. And even they fucked it up at the end. But, you know, like that guy, what's his name? R. Railroad Martin? George Railroad Martin? R.R. Martin? That guy? Guy's one of the best dungeon masters of all time. Dungeon Master, a.k.a. guy who wrote a D&D book. Um, I, you know, I do think this is cool. I think that if you are into D&D, you're up on all the new Game of Thrones movies that are going to come out like 20 years before because those are the people who actually read... Um, what is that award? What's that award that, that all the good science fiction and fantasy books get? It's like, a, what, a Galileo Award or... Some space-related... The Polaris? No, is the Polaris? I'm thinking of... the. It might be the Polaris. It's one of this... It's a space-named award that's given to science fiction and fantasy books. And that's where, you know, a book will get optioned and then in five years will be made into a TV show that the whole society will collectively masturbate to. And lo and behold, it was a and d It was something that was actually lame. Like, objectively, it sucked. Like, if we want to be real about this, we would be like, Game of Thrones is a bunch of dorks who, who are playing Dungeons & Dragons and just, like, their, their great campaign, they, like, wrote it down. George Railroad Martin was, like, playing D&D &D with his other fucking loser friends in Bayonne, New Jersey. And then he was like, oh, let me go... That was a pretty fun campaign over the last, I don't know, how long did it take him? Like six months, probably. I don't know. A long time, because he's, because I guess now that he's famous, he doesn't play D&D &D anymore. I can't think of any good ideas. But in any case, that's where all the science fiction books are coming from, from, D &D, from playing D&D. &D. So you know what, though? Now come to think of it, um, Shield of the Tuba, now being that, because I did enjoy Game of Thrones. And so I have, like, I'm conflicted. So I'm going to say... D&D &D gets a ding for being good because D&D &D made up Game of Thrones. But also, D&D &D is bad because of, like, I think sometimes it there's too many... I think, what is the problem? What is the problem? I think it's the dice, probably. Let's not blame it on the people. I'm going to say it's just the dice is the problem. All right, anyway... 
Mm. I'm going to say that was a bad start to the show. But we're going to continue going. Actually, Sheila the Tuba has another suggestion. So Sheila says, not a question or suggestion. So, okay, so this is not going to be a suggestion or a question. But she goes, I think I mentioned, she thinks I mentioned magpies in the last episode. And she is compelled to tell me that she saw several while in Anchorage in October. And then she's going back in July. And she's so excited to see and paint Alaska birds. Well, Sheila, that is, now that is cool. Um, magpies being a corvid, does everybody know that corvid means crow, raven family, um, also blue jay family, also rook family, also jackdaw family? Jackdaw being a great name for a bird because it sounds like jackdaw. Jackdaw. That's a jackdaw. Jackdaw bird? Really, that was a futuristically hilarious title for creating a bird, calling them a jackdaw. I guess they're real jackdaws. They're, I don't know, maybe they're... Because, you know, the thing about corvids is corvids are birds who, um, they're smart. And if you're a smart, if you're a smart animal, if you're a smart creature, then you can also be a smart aleck. Smart aleck, like as in smart aleck Eiffel from the Eiffel Tower and the Pixies song, Alec Eiffel, Little Eiffel, the song. Anyways, so that's what um, Corvids can be. And if you're a smart Alec, then you can kind of be a jackdaw because, you know, you go mess around and people are like, this fucking jackdaw over here. Or no, maybe the bird shit on something and it looked like somebody jackdaw on like the car. I don't know. But in any case... Hell yeah, magpies. I really have no, like I said on the other episode, I have no knowledge about what they're like because they don't live around here in the Northeast. So we get ze- we get literally zero um, magpie action. Magpie, you know, pie, for some reason, I don't know if it's as prevalent in society, but at a t- for a time... The word pie, like American pie, was synonymous with pussy. But is it true anymore? First of all, I think pie in general is really not eaten very much anymore. People, I guess, used to eat pie. Um, But now, who the fuck eats pie? Like, I'm sure a lot of people eat pussy, but, but eating pie, I think, has really fell off. You know? Because I think that culturally our society isn't a pie making society you know pie you think of pie you think of a like a housewife from the late 40s or mid 50s late 40s to 60s who puts a pie out on a sill to cool and then like a cartoon cat tries to get the pie right ironically pie um, you know, meaning pussy, but also a cat, a cartoon cat, which means like anime, I guess, anime pussy. He's a hentai, right? So, but I don't, but like, so, but that's, I think, the last time pie was part of our society. I mean, it's almost um, like American pie was still, that's like 20 years ago. So I think 
My theory is that pie has gone out of style uh, as a food. But on the other hand, I don't think that um, I don't think that pussy is out of style um, because it's a because it's what um, the female of the species has in all in all uh, mammals for sure. Uh, in birds, they have a cloaca, which is like an asshole pussy. So birds don't have necessarily a pie. But a magpie is a bird. But magpie, I'm pretty sure, think has a cloaca. Um, and I guess if you have a pie that tastes like ass, it could be a cloaca. So anyway, thank you so much for that, Sheila the Tuba. I feel like we really... I think the main goal is to try to talk talk these suggestions into a circle. Um, a pie. 3.1415 something something. Or, you know... Anyway, so Sheila the Tuba also asks, how do I stay organized? Do I prefer analog or digital planning? Well, Sheila the Tuba, let me tell you, staying organized, that's not my strong suit. In fact, right now, as I look upon this table, that is my desk. Um, It's a big folding table like a six-foot folding table that I got at um, Craigslist from a garage for $20. And I have, like, it's totally filled with stuff. I cannot clear my head because this table is a representation of my head. I'll just say all the things that are on my table. Um, To the far left, there is an unopened pack of Perk Brazil Smooth and Nutty Coffee which I haven't opened because I used to cook in the mornings before I got this job as a teacher, but now I just leave the house early and I get food on the road. So I haven't opened this new coffee yet. And then I have a bag of masks, COVID-style masks. And then the bag is on top of a DVD copy of The Incredible Mr. Limpet with Don Knotts that I got at a thrift store. And that DVD is on top of a 12-pack case of ink-tense pencils, watercolor pencils. One of the best watercolor pencils there are, if, if anyone's asking, if anyone wants to know. And then right over, to, right over next to it, that's actually on, uh, it's on that, um, those ink-tense pencils are on top of a book of checks that... Um, Actually, it was the book of checks that I that were part of the car loan that I had for my old car that I that I paid off. And then that checkbook is on top of this bo- this box of tums that I was looking for because I was getting this terrible heartburn and I couldn't find it. Now I found these tums. I have like three left. Great. If I get heartburn tonight, I'm gonna eat those. And then that box was on top of the I Loved New York sticker, uh, which was um, given to me by Epic Music, friend of the show. Let's just give a big round of applause to Epic Music. A rapper. Epic Music is a rapper. And he 
also makes a sticker and a, and a T-shirt that says, I loved New York. You know, for all us real New Yorkers who have a love-hate relationship with the changing city. And I think, you know, ironically, I think he made that I loved New York sticker because of the transition that the city went under 20 years ago, let's say 20 to 10 years ago, where, um, you know, the city went from like a, like, sort of like, it just got more hipster. Like the whole hipster thing was because of a migration of people from the Midwest and all around moving to Brooklyn. And it did change the demographic of the city forever. And I think that's what um, uh, that sticker is referring to. But if you think of the pandemic, the pandemic also wrinkles the city again, because I think the city is somewhat changed from from all this. It certainly is not the same city of 2019, 2018. You couldn't say that. It's definitely, we've all been shaken and changed. Anyway, uh, I should continue the show, but I think I should I should continue telling all the stuff that's on my desk. Being, as I f- have recently found out, that only six or seven people actually listen to this podcast, so um, let's just continue, and I'll tell all the things on my table, and maybe it will reveal something about me, right? So that I Love New York sticker is right next to a, a hub of hard drives that I have. I have this hub where I can take old hard drives from inside computers and just plug them into this slot like a cartridge and use old hard drives as basically USB drives. Um, and I got that from OWC, which is a, a thing that like a company that makes weird gadgets for computers. And then I have a little matchbox car that is called the Car de Asada. And it's a car, a little car that looks like a taco. Isn't that cute? You know, have you ever been in CVS and just walked past the little matchbook, little matchbox cards that are there? They're for like a dollar. They're never going to be a collector's item. But sometimes there's a little piece of fun that you could have. Something just, you know, that you like would never think. And then you see something cool. And you're like, oh, maybe maybe I'll get this little gadget. Maybe look at this little car. It'll be fun. It's a car that looks like a taco. A taco car. Who doesn't love a, a little taco car? Taco, also a thing that people thought of um, as pussy, right? Since we're counting. So then what else do I have? I have um, a COVID, a home test that I got. I forget where I got that. And then I have a replica of a human skull um, that I use for drawing. But also it's cool to just have a human skull out. It's like that thing that you see on Instagram all the time, stoicism. Do you see how like stoicism is a thing that's shoved down people's throats on Instagram? It's like a trendy thing to do. But it actually is not a bad you know, concept, but it's a little corny that how like, you know, it's all these people who are like addicted to um, being narcissists on Instagram, myself included. But then it's like, be a stoic. Like, let's pretend that you're not who you are. <laughs> let's pretend that like you're, um, that, you, that you have some type of, uh, I don't know, 
I would I would assume. Okay, hold on a second. Caps, I just had to stop the show for a second. You're getting very boring. I think this is a boring episode. Yeah, thanks, Spencer. Uh, you know, the thing about it is it's at the end. It's 9.30 at night. I've been up since 6 o'clock in the morning. Stop bitching, okay? Everyone works hard, okay? Just do the show. Give it the energy that it deserves. There's six or seven people listening to you. Come on. Get in the game. You're right, dude. You're right. Let me uh, let me get in the game. All right, uh, Sheila the Tuba. Anyway, as as far as organization, let's just finish this suggestion up. So the thing about organization for me is that yeah, I think being disorganized leads me into depression, and um, then like it gets overwhelming, and I can't, I can't like. I have to like wait until it gets really bad and then I'll clean up and then I'll have clarity for a little while. But the act of living creates another mess. So the big problem is, is I live in a very, very small, I live in a very, very small space. I live in a space that's probably, uh, let's say just under 700 square feet. And, um, you know, it's my own place. So that's good. And maybe that's like a lot of space, but actually, it's not a lot of space because I've turned one room into a studio, like for shooting things, and then I just have a room that's like my bed, and then it's kind of cluttered. So um, I have no room, I have nowhere to put things, and it's just like thing. I just end up moving stuff from one space to the other space, and it's just very um, stupid. So, so bottom line, Sheila the tuba, I'm not good at organization. Digital or otherwise. All right. Next suggestion comes from Matata. Big friend of the show. Patreon member. Just a all-around great guy. And he asks, how goes the teaching? All right. Great suggestion. You know, because if there's anything that I've been doing a lot lately, you know, it's teaching. My life, I am a fucking teacher. I, I, I teach at two different places. Monday through Wednesday, I pull 12-hour days, sometimes 13-hour days teaching at, at one school, and then I go and teach at another school. One school is a school for uh, emotionally disturbed teens. And when I say emotionally disturbed, I mean Google emotionally disturbed. And you will find that I'm not making fun of kids right now. I'm saying that's what they call it. Like, until some sensitive bitch comes up with something else to call it, for the time being, it's emotionally disturbed, okay? And that's the kind of kids that I teach at my school. And you know what? I'll be honest. It's it's not that different than any other people. But there are things that like are like strange about it. So for instance, if you're a teacher, the thing about being a teacher is that you, if you care about what you do, you get uh, invested in the students. You're like, um, like I teach art and I teach art particularly in a, um, like a classical, I don't know, I have my own way. If you if you like grading animals, like you can have an idea of the aesthetic that 
I teach at. So I, I am pretty, um, like I like technique. I like to develop foundational technique, but I also want people to be experimental and also have some type of story narrative. Like I like those things and it kind of blends into everything I do. So I would say that while you maybe may or may not know of my visual art that I do, if you if you watch Creating Animals, you know like my um my artistic aesthetic because I think it's like across the board the same thing. But in any case, when you're a teacher, you like become like absorbed in like I don't know. It's like some people are able to live like just phoning shit in. I'm not able to do that. I kind of like really, really care a lot, maybe too much. And the thing about um, the emotionally disturbed aspect of it is there are <laughs> like, there are things that people, there are behaviors that people do that are not, that are out of like, like you, exp- like if you like one plus one is two with, um, you know, people who are not emotionally disturbed, then you can get like different equations that you were not expected. And then uh, that can stress you out because it's like, I think even like, so like even if you were a teacher in just regular school, you may be stressed out by the students or you may be like have an expectation, but then it's like, then it's just like a different kind of roller coaster. And anyway, um, so like, yeah, like it's, it's weird. Like it, what sucks is like at the end of the day, it's like, ugh. like at the end of the day, it's like, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm a little too concerned about like middle school bullshit. I'm like, ugh, fucking stupid kids. Like, the stupid kids. Like, it's stupid kids doing stupid shit. On the other hand, like, there's some good wins. Like, I feel like, um, like, I am getting good work out of the kids. I should, I honestly, dude, I, I would, I would show, I would show some of the work. (laughs) I would do a a slideshow. If you wanted to see some of the work from my students, I would show it. It's good. They're good. You know, the kids are good. And, um, I have fun. And honestly, like the good thing about the good thing about the school is that, um, as crazy, and I can't when I say crazy, like I mean it, like as crazy as the kids are, like they're good kids. I think that what's cool about youth is that there is like a, there can be a sincerity about people that, like they haven't closed to the world totally yet. So, for instance, like you have a kid who's really aggressive or really um closed down or um depressed or whatever think you know look look up emotional emotionally disturbed and pick pick your version for this scenario um and you know uh maybe like an adult who is like that is could could be totally like the world has already shut them out and they they have no um the interaction is like um, maybe more finalized, but um, with Kit, like I, I joined the school in March and I just pretty much did my thing and I'm not like, I don't pander to the kids. Like I don't like, I'm not super nice. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm who I am, but like, I'm not like some like, like 
teacher who's going to get rolled on. Like, I do not give a fuck. I will fail all of you. Like, don't fuck with me. Like, I don't know who you guys are. Like, the first week of school, some kid threatened to kill me because I, I touched his phone. And, like, even though you're not supposed to have your phone in there, like, I accidentally, like, I didn't know that. So I was like, can I have that? And the kid fucking went nuclear. And then he actually doesn't go to the school anymore because I think that, I don't know what happened. But but he was like, I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill, he was like ready to fucking kill me. And, and it's like, um, and I, and stupidly I was like, ju- I was like joking. I was like trying to ju- make a joke out of it in the moment. Um, and, and anyway, um, but so that's not really a good example of what I was saying. But uh, what I was saying is that like, uh, so I came into the school and I'm just like doing my thing. I'm like being who I am. And, but I care, like I care about teaching art and I care about like, what I do care about is like fostering. If you have an interest in being creative, then I am a person who will, um, be like an advocate and also give you everything I, everything I can do to like help you get toward your goal and I think I'm like a good person to do that because I've created a lot of things in my life and I've done it by myself, you know, without, you know, um, I'm whatever, I'm tenacious like that. So like I have like a tenacious artist's approach, like for grassroots stuff. So like while even this school doesn't have a lot of like um, budget or anything like that, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I can anyway. So like just from being who I am and showing the the care or like just interest or just being I don't know just trying to like make a genuine connection like the harshest or most um you know resistant people kids like they aren't like you know, they aren't like, they can be, they can finally like also open up and be kind and like trust, which is the thing that I was saying. It's like, you know, at like deep down, like we are wary of being vulnerable or we're like uh, reluctant to be vulnerable, reluctant to trust. And it's like, we have barriers, but like once we can, like get uh, a sense that that there's not a threat then we will um open up and we will like uh you know be vulnerable when it's safe and um i don't know i think that's like one of the things that like i'm noticing which because like there is like um like a lot of kids who are like you know listen this school has kids who have trouble like it's just not you know like you should like if you went to a fun, like I went to, a, I had a pretty good high school experience. Like it was not, um, it was not perfect. It was, it was what it was, but it wasn't like, you know, I didn't have to be put in a special school because like shit had gone wrong and I had to be moved out of a school and like I had to have like all kinds of, like these kids have had shit happen to them that landed them where they are at. And um, they have a lot of barriers and it's like just interesting Whereas, like, I definitely sense that as soon as I came to the school for, like, you know, it's been almost two months now. And now it's like I'm seeing that, you know, where there was a possibility for connection or opening up that, that it's it's happening. And I'm like, 
oh cool like this is this is great that um that you know they're young enough to not be hard-hearted perpetually so anyway that's how goes the teaching i'm very exhausted though like i am very exhausted um and i go and teach another i go and teach my other at my other school after every like uh monday through wednesday which that's like a, an art school that's like a, an art school that um does not have div- that does not have like um mentally deranged kids so that school you get more kids who are like actually it's an art school so it's like kids who like have um you know aspirations to be artists and also um you know it's it's a little bit more um it's easier and it's and it's like you know it's at least for art like we can accelerate and like do more things so um anyway teaching is it's good it's a good it's a good gig uh it's definitely i i don't feel depressed like i did in march and that's really great um and i wonder like i do feel like um i do feel like shit i should be producing content or whatever and all this shit but i i did just go to la and i had that experience and it's like you know sometimes life just is what it is and like i am not going crazy producing content but i but i did go crazy producing content for like three years straight and right now like i have to work and so that's what i'm doing and like i said last episode i am going to have a break during the summer at which I do intend to seriously make new episodes of grading animals. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm like, like I said, that's, I think that's the time that I'm going to be able to do it. Um, so thank you Matata for that suggestion, but Matata knows that I only have Matata is like one of the six listeners to this show. So he's like, I'm not just going to make one suggestion. I'm going to send send a bunch of suggestions like a, like a good fan would do. So he says, carnivorous plants, what do I think about it? So carnivorous plants, right? So plants, did you know, first of all, as you know, lots of different plants out there in the world. Um, you know, you got, you know, like the trees, of course, like those are plants, those are considered plants, and they're like the big daddy. They're like the biggest plants that are around. And then there's smaller, there's smaller plants. There's like bushes and stuff. There's flowers, of course. Flowers are very popular. Uh, and then there's grass, you know, different types of grass, weeds. Um, there's marijuana. It's a plant, very popular plant. Also... A lot of food is plants, like apples, oranges, potatoes, bananas, um, I don't know, some other ones, like blueberries, strawberries. All, all those are plants as well. Vegetables are plants, cucumbers and things like that. Um, so there's a lot of different plants that you, might, that you may know of. In fact, you go out and so much, like salad. Salad is all plants, right? Now... What you might not have known is that there's actually one type of plant, one type of family of plant that, so most of the time plants eat uh, sunlight and they 
fart out air. So they eat sunlight and they expel air that we breathe. Pretty much all plants do this. And um, that's a good thing. But there's a few plants that are actually, they don't, they don't get enough from, I think what happens is, it's a little bit of a what's called a misnomer. So misnomer is when something has been misnomed. Um, like, I just misnomed that the plants eat, they do eat sunlight, right? But they don't just eat sunlight, they need um, soil. That's another part of it. So dirt is a big part of plants being able to do what they do because they, because plants, I am pretty sure they are not able to grow inside of concrete. They can grow on top of concrete in the cracks of concrete, but they actually need what's known as earth to grow. So here's the thing about carnivorous plants is. Some plants they don't have good soil. They have like they live on like a sand. They live on like sand or something, or like the side of a mountain. And those plants, they they can't really do good um, photosynthesis with just the sun, because I guess like they're not getting a good signal. I think it's like like Wi-Fi. They're not getting a good Wi-Fi signal for their sun, and they they can't get it. So they have like one bar of sun. And so in order for them to like get like a, a signal boost, what they do is they use uh, um, proteins from bugs, mostly bugs, because um, plants, you know, are mostly versus the bugs. Plants and bugs are like always involved in one way or another. A lot of times... It's a symbiotic relationship, whereas plants will uh, trick bugs into getting their pollen around by um, having different designs on the flowers or, um, you know, uh, like having pretty much that. That's a, that's a big one. There's, a, there's some other ones that I can't think of right now. But the carnivorous plants... They don't give a shit about that. What they do is they just basically get like, um, some of them will make a little pool of sugar inside like their bell, inside like a flower bell, and then they'll get these dumbass um, bugs to like go and slip and slide into the into the bell, and then they'll get those bugs will actually be happy because they'll be like all drunk on like sugar syrup. But what's happening is they're getting their insides eaten alive by like the stomach juices inside the plant. And then you have the classic um, Venus flytrap, uh, which is Venus flytrap is a carnivorous plant that actually has spiky teeth in the form of thorns. And if a bug walks on their mouth, they just eat the bug. It's pretty much like the. that's where Mario Brothers got the idea for... Um, for a plant that um, that is uh, carnivorous, because a lot of times in Mario Brothers, if you walk on a pipe, then what happens is a is a flower that has teeth tries to eat you. But unfortunately, in real life, the plants don't do that. The plants don't aren't big enough to eat people yet. But 
one could assume that if the earth becomes inhospitable and the soil is no longer viable, then if it happened, then plants would have to evolve using shit they already do. So maybe what they would figure out a way of doing is becoming carnivorous. Like imagine there was a carnivorous tree that could somehow, um, maybe what it would be, it would have these thorns on the tree that if like a squirrel brushed against it, it would like paralyze it. Like it would have a neurotoxin. And then birds and squirrels would get like stoned, but then they would somehow stay in the branches. Maybe the leaves would be sticky and the sticky leaves would catch the squirrel or the bird or maybe even the monkey. And then um, the the sticky leaves would excrete like a um, like a uh, like a hydrochloric acid or some type of acid that would start to break them down. And then you know what's crazy is if there were carnivorous trees like that, they would stink so bad because the rotting flesh of all different animals would be wafting through the jungle. Um, maybe that's something that will happen in the future because ultimately the humans will not stop behaving as humans do. Of course, the Sahara Desert once being a vast forest before we could even imagine it, of course, time recycling and recycling over and over again. Our species being alive for, I don't know, about a million years, and we only know what happened in the last, like, 5,000 or something like that. So, you know, we got to imagine that the um, the carnivorous trees and the carnivorous plants are in our future. And so thank you so much, Matata, for making us think about that. And he also says swamps. He also suggests swamps. Um, now, swamps is a different thing. Swamps are home to, I guess it's just going to be like, um, uh, if you say the swamps, what do I think of? Well, I do think of, um, I do think of mangrove trees. Uh, do you guys know about mangrove trees? It's like mangrove trees, mangrove, mangrove trees. That's M A N G R O. T-R-E-E-V-E-S, mangrove treves. Mangrove treves is a, um, he's a Southern naturalist um, who discovered the mangrove tree. I'm really sorry about that. But, you know, that type of, that's what I would call my, that's my version of a dad joke of like where I just love um, a word, a stupid, a stupid sounding word, a stupid sounding name. Who doesn't love a stupid sounding name? What if my name was Mangrove Treves? <laughs> Ma- Mangrove Treves. That's a good. That's a cool name. Mangrove Treves. Treves sounds like Reeves. Reeves sounds like Christopher Reeves. And also, Reeves sounds like a name, like um, if you were a, I guess I am thinking of Superman, but Reeves sounds like a madman type of name. Like, this guy's, his name is um, 
Not mangrove reeves. That's the mangrove treeves. All right. I lost the thread on that one. But uh, swamps, but not to just mention trees all the time. I am a, a tree nerd, as you know. But um, but swamps, right? So I, I think, like, culturally, I'm supposed to think about... I'm supposed to think about... Who's that other? Who's that other guy? When you th- when you think about um, when you think about swamps, you're supposed to think about the guy from Duck Dynasty, right? Isn't that like the thing you're supposed to think about in our culture? Because that guy lives in the swamp. But truth be told, I don't know shit about Duck Dynasty. I know that those guys live in a swamp, but I've never seen it before. Is that wrong? Should I have known about that? But I guess I did think about it when I was when swamps came up. In any case, I'm gonna call that um can't that that bring up Duck Dynasty and Mangrove Treves. I'm gonna say those two cancel each other out. I'm gonna give it a wrong buzzer. I'm gonna move on to Matthew Holland's fourth suggestion, which is the movie Cars. The movie Cars by Pixar Animation Studios is a 2006 animated film about anthropomorphized cars starring Owen Wilson as Lightning McQueen and also George Carlin as Fillmore and also Larry the Cable Guy as Mater. And also, some other actors were also in that movie. They're all well-known people. Now, why do I know this? Because my nephew, a little kid who's five years old, loves the movie Cars. And you know what? The kid's got good taste because I think that the movie Cars is cool. And you know what I like most about it? What I like most about it is the way that Pixar caricatures Cars. Now, I want you to look up the the car drawings from Cars. And then I want you to look up what the cars that they're supposed to be based on are. And I want you to just admire how cool the cartoonists, you know, um, caricatured the personality of those cars in, like, a coherent, uniform way. That type of... That type of thing is pretty cool. Also, so I'm going to say Cars is a good movie. Also, I was just sa- I was just thinking as I said that I'm like, Caps, this episode is what I would call a real snoozer. <laughs> I'm sorry everybody. I'm sorry that this episode's such a snoozer. But I mean, what are you going to do? Like I'm I'm sorry to all six or seven of you who listen to this show, you know? If there was you know, I what can I do? I'm just, I'm I am trying. I am trying to do my best. So, anyways, let's continue. Um, Matata also he gave me five suggestions, and am I going to get to? It's already almost. It's almost an hour in. We have one, two, three, four, four more suggestions. Five more suggestions. We're going to do them all. We're going to do them all. All right. Let me try to not. I'm I'm going to try to do these, not fast, but uh, this may be a longer episode. All right. The movie Cars, we did it already. Now, Matt, Matthew Holland asks, 
If I want, I can talk about this bear his grandfather gave him. He his hat says world's best pawpaw. And the, the bear has two paws. So Matata says Matata has grandpa has has a little taxidermied bear, like a black bear, holding in his claws, in his paws, an American flag, wearing a gold chain, and wearing a hat that says world's best pawpaw. And for some reason, it's also plugged in. Um, this is something that Matata has in his house, I guess. That's pretty cool. To be honest, having a uh, oh, having a um, a taxidermied bear in your house, I think that rocks, dude. Um, I don't. I always wanted to get a, a taxidermied uh, shark. One time, I knew a kid uh, named Wayne. <laughs> I don't remember his last name now. Wayne, and I think it started with a B. Wayne, but I, maybe this is not his name, but I'm going to say his name was Wayne Barone. Um, and he had a hammerhead shark, taxidermied hammerhead shark in his house. I only went to his house one time because he was not, it was not a good play date. I found him to be a selfish dick. Um, but he did have a hammerhead shark in his house. And the thing is, it was like a pretty big shark. I'm going to say we were like eight or nine years old. We were playing DuckTales, the video game, which was really good. But that shark was on the floor and it must have been 10 feet long. And it was just like, a, it was like taxidermied and I feel like it was like cement. It was fucking heavy. And it was on the floor. It wasn't even mounted anywhere. And I can imagine probably his parents were like, like fucking asshole uncle who brought over that stupid um, shark. Now what the hell are we going to do with that? Just put it in the basement. That's what I imagine now. But at the time I was like, damn, I wish Wayne Barone wasn't such an asshole. I would like to come over here and hang out with his shark. So, but if I had a, if I had a taxidermied animal at my house already, then I wouldn't even need to go over Wayne Barone's house. And I don't even know if that kid's name was Wayne Barone. I think there was another kid I knew who was named Barone. Maybe the kid's not even named Wayne. I wonder whatever happened to Wayne Barone. I wonder if that's his name, too. Anyways, we don't have much time to fuck around on worrying about whether some kid's name is what. Because we got a lot more suggestions. I've been real slacking. So, Sven K. suggests... Why do the few social media platforms worth more than a few small countries buying out any innovative competitor? Why do they suck so fucking bad? And then he goes on and really goes off. But I'm not going to read this whole thing. I'm just going to say why. Why do they fucking suck? Well, Sven K., I agree with you. I agree that social media is not a good thing, but it is an inevitable aspect of human communication. It's an inevitable evolution of human communication. I mean, um, you know, it's just like the telephone or like, you know, TV. It's just everything is a, um, everything's like, uh, what is it? 
uh, exponential. Everything every, everything gets um, gets accelerated exponentially. So you know, it's like the cell phone became like it it became AIM, which AIM is real American Inst- America Instant Messenger or AOL Instant Messenger is they're the originators. They're the original. All the fucking everything that we have now is just America. Uh, uh, AOL Instant Messenger, like, or IRC chat, or whatever the first version of chatting with somebody is. All the computer is is chat. It's like, it's not that special. It's like yes, they attached a video camera to it. You can send a video in two seconds. You can like cut together a video, but it's just chat. Like all the shit is is chat. Like Twitter. What the fuck is ch- Twitter? But it's just chat. It's just chat where you can see the chats. It's just like you can put pictures of your chats up. So we have been having that shit for like so long. I mean, we've had like if you watch the great TV show Pen15, which is nostalgia eyes, you know, the year 2000, which believe it or not, the year 2000 was over 20 years ago. That movie show, that movie show is from it's talking about um, AOL Instant Messenger, which is just chat. And chat is just what the phone is. The whole entire iPhone is just what? A chat. It's just you have a, a, a little computer that you can do chat with. So, you know, all these social media platforms, first of all, they're not that innovative. They're just chat with pictures. And then, you know, we are addicted to doing chat. And then, on the other hand, also combined, is that um, they give us this awesome thing to do chat. Like, that's what we want. We want to be able to do chat with our friends. That's the whole industry of the cell phones, everything, you know, all that shit. It's just so we can do chat. Um, And also jerk off to porn. Yes, also. But um, it's like the side... The side, um, the the byproduct is that we use the chat to see if we can like make our own business. While what we're all we're supposed to be doing is just using it for chat, and the companies who make the chat, they're like, "Fuck, fuck you, dude! You're not allowed to like get famous off of our dime. We'll allow a few very hot girls to do it, and that's it." And so that's the reason why um, social media is hard for creators. That's just like a side part. But as far as um, why it's just bad in general, it's just basically because we're addicted to chat and, you know, we just got to get our heads out of our asses and just go outside. So Sven, that was my nuanced take on social media. All right, now I got a suggestion from Brian. Oh, let me hit the applause button for everybody who's made suggestions. Um, But this suggestion is from uh, Brian Marr, a.k.a. Brypolar, a.k.a. uh, Black Suit Youth Band, who thank you. Good. Thank you for listening to the show and being such a great friend and fan. Um, So he says, a good recipe for Rocky Mountain oysters. I never ate that shit. I don't know anything about it. Okay, next suggestion is rank these overrated artists up to the most overrated artist. So he's got 
a real uh, a real um uh what do you call a murderer's row of overrated musicians right here. He's got Radiohead, uh Kanye West, Neutral Milk Hotel, Muse, Lou Reed, and LCD Sound System. All right, let's start with LCD Sound System. Now, I remember back in like 20 years ago, all of a sudden people were like LCD Sound System, this and that. But I don't ever remember hearing one song by them. Um, and, and listen, I'm into indie music. I am a stalwart indie person. I'm, but I, I say that, but at the same time, uh, one time I met this girl. I didn't actually meet this girl. I just met this girl online. And she was like a fucking graduate student of indie rock. I was so impressed with just her fucking knowledge of all, of the amount of cool bands that she knew. Um, I was like, I'm in love. Um, yeah, I'm not like that. I wish I was like, that's the thing. It's like I got into other stuff. And I did not get my graduate degree in indie rock. I, you know, and that's, and I regret it. And one day I will go back and I will, I mean, I don't know if I can now. It's like so much work. It's so much work to actually know about and be into all the new music that comes out and just know and just, and just also keep like the most, most importantly, your sophisticated indie, um, knowledge about everything that's going on and act like you knew what what it was the whole time like that rock that's the that's the whole point of being into indie music to be if somebody is discovering it for the first time and having wonder and just being like yeah yeah i I heard a bunch of songs by them already that's the best so um but lcd sound system i never ever heard a song by them so i'm inclined to believe that they're not a real band um, I know that uh, Toro Imoa, which I don't even know if that's how you say his name, but I think that they, he has a song where um, uh, where he name drops them, and I maybe he's so, but so and then it, it makes me think that they actually do exist. But I don't like them. Never heard a song by them, and I think they're overrated. Um, now the next band is Lou Reed. And now on this other hand, I I like Lou Reed, man. I'm a Velvet Underground guy. I'm from Long Island. Um, he's from Freeport, Long Island. Fucking shout out Freeport. Uh, ironically, that's where the school that I teach at is. Um, so Lou Reed rocks. And also, you know what? So he was in the Velvet Underground. Velvet Underground was great. He pretty much has legendary status just based off that. Now, when he became solo for Lou Reed, he did make the album Transformer, um, and that's a pretty good album. Uh, he also made an album called Songs for Drella, which was his, like, makeup album with... You know, what happened was he and Lou Reed had beef. So Lou Reed basically says that he made The Velvet Underground. He was like... He king... So basically... Velvet Underground was, wasn't shit. They were just like a Long Island band. And as you know, nobody takes Long Island bands seriously. Long, if you're from Long Island and you have a band, it's going to be near impossible for you to break into the New York City market because New York City is so fucking snobby that they don't want to like king make 
a Long Island band who even has a draw because they're like, no, our whole shit is that our whole shit is that we get people from somewhere else who have to like, you know, get a huge regional fan base and then you can have you can compete in the city. Um, but so that's that's what that's what they that's what so that's what happened to Velvet Underground. And luckily, what happened was they um, you know they kissed uh, they kissed um, uh, Andy Warhol's dick, and then he they were able to like do shows at like this cool place, the Factory, and then they got vetted and like whatever. And then even Andy Warhol was like, "Yo, stop playing these gallery shows and be a real band, you bunch of dorks," um, and. Let, Lou Reed talks about that in the album Songs for Drella. He talks about how um, uh, Andy Warhol was like one time, he was like, yo, cut this shit out. Why don't you guys be a real fucking band and stop being a dilettante artsy band? And then Lou Reed was like, yo, we should actually take his advice. So, um, so Lou Reed, though, he dead. He dead now. And uh, that's because... You know, if you're a rock and roll guy, you have a very short um, shelf life. You know, rock and roll guys die young. Um, so he died not that young. He died like at 60-something, which is actually young. But, you know, he put a lot of miles on his body from doing all that heroin. So, but Lou Reed, he's cool. All right, Muse. Another band I've never, ever heard. I have no idea what Muse is who they are, what they sound like. I've heard that they're British. Um but I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you what a single song sounds like. So fuck them. I think they probably suck. Now, Neutral Milk Hotel also a band. I couldn't tell you what they sounded like, but if I had to guess, I would say it sounds like whispery pussy shit that was on the Garden City soundtrack. The Garden State Park... Garden State. Garden State was a movie by the guy from Scrubs with Natalie Portman, and it was about a guy who was an actor, and he was, like, mad sensitive, and, like, he was... He had success, um, but he was depressed about it. There's a lot of movies about that. There's a lot of movies of, like, a guy who's, like, doing well and they're upset about it. And, you know, it's fun to think about that, like, yeah, fuck him. But on the other hand, it's true. It's a true thing. Like, even a guy like Kurt Cobain, who had it all, you know, money, women, success, fucking legendary status, even he had to blow his head off one day, you know, because he was depressed about it all. It was not fun. He made that song Serve the Servants because it was like, he was like basically like, woe is me. I, I now, now I'm famous, but it actually is not making me happy. See, he's, he, what he felt was on a much bigger scale, the way I felt when I had 7,000 followers on Grading Animals and, um, and I was, you know, going, I was like, oh, I was like, oh my God, if this continues, I will get evicted from my apartment because I have no money anymore. Um, so I get it. I understand like what it's like to have like too much, you know, the success doesn't necessarily 
translate. I mean, in Kurt Cobain's situation, it did translate to money. But in my situation, I was like, oh, this, yeah, I get it now. I understand. But now getting back to Neutral Milk Hotel, I don't, I, I don't know what they sound like. I feel like, you, okay, I'm going to try to play what I think it sounds like. It's like, like a strummy, strummy guitar, like, like you can hear, like you hear, mostly you hear the percussive picking of the chords rather than the chords, but it's slow. It's like, and then a guy is like, I don't know, man. That's what I think Neutral Milk Hotel. They have an album where it's a girl. It's an old-timey drawing of a girl, but her face is a lemon. Um, and I honestly think that that's, some, that's misogynistic, probably. If I were to redraw it, maybe what we should do is we should draw a, a woman. Like, Neutral Milk Hotel should have just made a pie on the woman's head. And that would have been what they... See, instant, by making a lemon... It's like it just becomes confusing. But if they're using old-timey graphics, then they're already being misogynistic. Because if we see an old-timey graphic, then we know that the person is promoting a patriarchy, and it's bad. So Neutral Milk Hotel are racist, and I don't like them. All right. Now, Kanye West. Kanye West, you know, he had a, he had a couple good songs in the beginning— he had the song um, "Through the Wire," which is probably his best song. I su- I sung it on a few episodes ago, and his music has pretty much went downhill from there. He's never ever made a good song ever since. He did make one good song, which when he ripped off of um, Curtis Mayfield. One time he ripped off of Curtis Mayfield's um, "Moving On Up," which is a one of the best songs of all time. And he just took that song and copied it. And, um, but for the most part, Kenny West's music has gone down the tubes. Um, so I think what he should have done was he should have started with the music he's making now. And then he should have made his music in reverse and ended his career by getting his head run over a million times by a car so he gets his head wired shut and then he could do Through the Wire as his last song, making it his best song and making a comeback. So that's what I think about Kenny West. Now, the last band up is Radiohead and definitely what you would call a band that is um, overrated. Um, They did a song with... um, they actually got in trouble big time back in early in their career. They had a song where they had a song called I'm a Creep. And but did you know that they literally got sued and paid off the original person? So there's like a band, there's a British band from like, I can't even remember what the fuck the name of the band is. It might, it's not the white... It, it's not the Night in White Satin Band, but it's like another band just like that. And there's a they have a song literally on the radio, and it's, it was from like the 70s or something, and it's the same exact chords as Creep, except without that dun-dun part. And they got their asses sued by that original British band, and they were just like, they pled no contest. They were like, 
He was like, no, man, you're right. We literally, we literally ripped it off from you guys. So check it out. We're going to pay the fine and we'll just call it a day. And it's just like we both have the songs that are, we both songs are, sound the same and we they rip it off and and we're sorry, but here's the money because we made enough money off of the song. So it's all good, me mate. So that's what happened to Radiohead, like right out the gate, one of their first songs. I think it was on. I don't. I don't really know. I don't actually have. I only have one Radiohead album, and it is. A, uh, it's the disco one, which is called um, Kid A. Um, that's the only Radiohead album I have, which is. It's not a bad album, um, but I don't like that other album they made, OK Computer. I never got into it. I was just again. It's like it seems so like. I don't know. Sleepy music. It's boring. And it's like the guy, he's he's like, I don't know. Listen, I if you're going to pick, I think that like Radiohead is a good band. They're super talented. Uh, I like that they I like that they straight up ripped off another band's music. That's cool. Um, I did like Kid A. I did like Amnesiac, which was the album after that. I did not like In Rainbows. And then I stopped listening to them completely. So I'm going to say that they're still, those albums are pretty good. You know, like that, like what can you say? Like they're better than Weezer, like a lot better than Weezer. Uh, most bands are better than Weezer. And Weezer was a band that people thought was going to be good because of their first blue album. Now there's an overrated band. Anyway, thanks so much, Brian Marr, for making a suggestion. Um, but we're just going to keep going. I'm going to go through all these fucking suggestions because, again, who the hell is listening to this show? So Brian Wall, um, Fuertones, friend of the show, um, he says Summertime. And he also says Roy G. Biv. But I'm not going to... I'm going to say Roy G. Biv reminds me of a song by... Um, what the hell is the name of that band? Boards of Canada. Talk about a band with a name of shit that I like. Uh, Boards of Canada, a very cool named band. Because I think of Canada, and I think, oh, I like Canada. Canada's cool. And then I think Boards. I don't know about any Boards, but I do like Canada. So Boards of Canada has a song called Roy G. Biv, and it's just like a song that's made with computers. So it's like like plink, plonk, bleep, bloop music, but it's pretty good. Does bleep bloop music hold up and have like um, as much significance as uh, music that has instruments in it? That's something that I really can't speak on because I got I got to finish this suggestion of summertime. All right, I'm gonna just do this right here. I'll be honest with you guys, I am fading fast. I already know this episode was a snoozer. Um, and I'm looking forward to summertime. What do I got to say about it? Uh, I don't know. Fuck, dude. Oh, sorry. I sorry. Literally, I'm I am I'm fading fast. Summertime. Um, summertime and the living is easy. You know, I'm looking forward to taking a month off of school, and um, and seeing what's at the end of this. I feel like I'm on a marathon right now. I feel like I. Once I got that new job, I just was on this work. I've been on this working track, and everything is upside down. 
And in the middle of that, I went to LA and it's like, what life am I supposed to be living? So, but fuck, you know what? I'm going to save these suggestions for next week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Love you guys. Um, And if I didn't get to your suggestion and you have listened this far, but I will get to them next week. 